you've probably heard a lot about Bitcoin lately, whether it's on the news, online, or because your weird mate Steve keeps banging on about how much his is worth. There's a lot of noise and information, and it can be hard to know where to begin. Coin Corner cuts through all the confusion with an easy-to-use site and a friendly customer support team on hand to help. Coin Corner is a quick and easy way to buy Bitcoin in the UK. Visit coincorner.com and enter code FILMBTC at sign up for some free sats or small amounts of Bitcoin to get you started. Coincorner.com The Podfix Network Hello and welcome to episode 219 of the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk... Filmmaking. From indie film to studio films and... Everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them, and how to try not to... F them up in our very own humble opinion. Yay! Oh, welcome everyone to this fantastic... um, I'm going to say fantastic podcast. Shut up, you idiot. Welcome everyone to this absolute delightful episode with the really cool Frederick Thoreval. The Oscar-nominated and BAFTA-nominated editor of Promising Young Woman. I am Giles Alderson. I'm a writer, director and a producer. And joining me as my co-host today is the producer, Lucinda Rode-Takra. Hello. Hi, Giles. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm very good indeed. It makes me happy listening to the intro. It makes me really happy. I love your enthusiasm. You do a wonderful job, my dear friend. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, I think. Uh, It's a delight to have you co-hosting today. I think the last one you did with us was... Matthew Modine. Was it Matthew Modine, the last Mm. one? My gosh, and what a good one that one was. If you do want to listen, great segue there. Uh, Then do go to filmmakerspodcast.com, type in Matthew Modine's name, and it will pop up. There are some amazing other ones, podcasts as well. If you want just screenwriting, just type screenwriting. If you just want editing, type that. Speaking of editing, Lucinda, we have on... Frederick Thoreval. How amazing. What can our listeners expect to learn from this episode? Well, the very lovely and charming Frederick spoke about how he felt when he was nominated for his Oscars and his BAFTAs. That was very exciting to hear. Mm -hmm. He also spoke about working with the lovely Emerald Fennell on his latest movie, Promising Young Woman, and why you should involve your editors at a very early stage. He also talks about the difference between editing horrors, thrillers and uh, more comedy-based films as well. He also talks about why you should have many screenings along the way during your editing process and why the editor is like being a midwife. All of that to come for you amazing people. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much for listening for the last couple of episodes. We've had amazing guests on. Uh, Last week we had Guy Pigden, who uh, wrote, directed, produced and starred and managed to distribute his amazing film Older. Uh, The week before that we had Liza Marshall talking all about TV producing, including the fantastic Temple starring Mark Strong, who is also on episode 19, by the way. Uh, so, Lucinda, how are you? Are you all right? I'm good. I'm deep in post for Confession and Code of Silence, um, which we shot during lockdown two and lockdown three. So, deep in post mm. and in pre production for two new, very exciting films, which we can Woo-hoo. announce soon. Woo! 
very soon we will be announcing that and it's great because we've done so much prep and so much work to get to this stage it's really nice when suddenly they're all moving forward um, you never know with these things they could all just disappear and not happen but uh, hence why we don't uh, mention them too often but we are working very hard and there's it to the grindstone to make shit happen right you know what they say Giles go on if you're not on set day one at 6am in the morning with a <laughs> vegan bacon sandwich then yes the film's not going ahead <laughs> that's correct if you're not there fully with a vegan bacon sandwich the film is not going ahead that's fact because I won't let it go ahead unless everyone has one <laughs> <laughs> but it's great that you know you're in post on your two films I'm in post on mine now The Stranger in Our Bed as well and we are like I say it's so cool final bits of ADR now being done the grade has been done the colour correction has been done now it's just putting it all together isn't it the exciting time you know when you, the poster gets designed and it's cool you have a movie another one how many is it now in the last what, five years Lucinda you've smashed out 16 I think today 16 um. <laughs> it's incredible incredible and so inspiring for those people listening you can do it too you can do 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 be inspired because you can do it and don't think that we've no we've done some now it's easier for us no 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 it's not it's just as hard every time right every movie gets yep. harder and harder because your expect expectations of the audiences are mm-hmm. higher as well so each film you have to strive to be better and better. And sometimes they're not always better as the last one. But in your gut and your brain and the teams that you bring around you, you are trying to make that happen. Uh, underlying inspiration for you there. And remember, if you do like this, tell your pals. That's how we grow. And if you really want to be more involved, then join us on our Patreon. There is so many offers on there. Come say hi patreon.com forward slash the filmmakers podcast link is in the show notes Uh, and on thursdays as always join myself lucinda and a whole host of guests and honorary filmmakers podcast members as we dive into filmmaking on clubhouse come ask some questions come say hi we will see you there link to that again should be in the show notes i say should because i might have forgotten to put it in last few weeks (laughs) Um, look, Frederick is amazing. We're going to get to him now. He first worked as an assistant editor on some Luc Besson movies, including Taxi 3, before editing District 13, uh, which was directed by Pierre Morel. He went on to work with him many times. Also on the Luc Besson directed Angel A. Uh, other amazing credits include Taken, the fantastic Liam Neeson movie, which he does go into, and it's really nice to hear as well. Um, also from Paris with Love, Lullaby for Pie, The Assault, Safe, starring Jason Statham, this brilliant action film, Dead Man Down, The Gunman, Lady Blood, Fight, Unforgettable, The Frighteningly Scary, Sinister, for Blumhouse, um, Peppermint, OG, and obviously Promising Young Woman which was written and directed by Emerald Fennell and recently won the Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. Uh, Frederick, our lovely Frederick, was nominated for a BAFTA and an Oscar for his editing on Promising Young Woman, which does star the fabulous Carrie Mulligan. It is available now on Sky Movies. Do go watch it will blow your mind. This is bright, fresh, wild revenge thriller with bite. Go watch. You will not be disappointed. 
He's a delight. He was so much fun to chat to, wasn't he, Lucinda? Oh, he was wonderful. To listen about his process and the way he goes about things and his interaction with the rest of the HODs and also the post team was wonderful. He really is truly inspiring. So here we go. Let's get to it. Our episode with the fantastic Frederick Thoraval. Enjoy. Hello. I'm very, very sorry. And thank you so much for uh, having uh, a talk on a Sunday during a three-day weekend. <laughs> All my apologies to both of you, part of the three of it's you. Right. We really wanted to talk to you. So we were like, well, this is worth it on a Sunday. So thank you. So how, how are you? Whereabouts are you in the world at the moment? I am in LA at home because I'm living here for 10 years. You've lived in LA for 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yes. So that means you must have moved over after Taken, after you edited Taken and around the yes. sinister time? Uh, just before, for safe. Oh, for safe. I, ca- ah. I came here for safe. It's Boaz. Boaz Yakin called me for safe. Nice. And that made the move, actually. That made me made the move. I mean, it's a good reason to move, isn't it? Nice Jason Statham film. It was the Jason Statham safe, right? Actually, that that yes, 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 yes. Yes, exactly. But it, it was actually, it was a, uh, uh, Boaz is very interesting for that. He has a very unusual take. I like to work, it's funny, I like to work with people with unusual takes on, on things. And, and, and Boaz has actually an interesting uh, take on, on action. He never has done action. And that's why safe was so interesting in terms of action, actually, I don't. Rem- I don't know if you've seen it, mm-hmm. but yes. if you did, yeah. there's there's a long oneer at one point, very actiony, but he wanted it to be like inside with with the character, which was very unusual at the time. And funnily enough, the the guy who did the um, second unit director at the time yeah. for the action stuff that were it was a uh, Chad Stasky. Yes. Uh, oh, he's gone on to be a big, a big director yes. himself, hasn't so it's, he? Yes. It's, it's funny. Safe was very interesting for the way, because he was not an action director, but has had a different take on it. He wanted to try things uh, more in a, um, in the perspective of the the main character. So, mm-hmm. and and putting the audience in in its perspective. So when you have that. Long Warner in Say, for example, it's it's completely storytelling, and you start with dialogue outside, and the fight starts, and you go inside the car. You stick with the character, and you have that action from inside the car, mm-hmm. and you start a chase from inside the car, and you do everything from with the main character and you feel the same emotions and stuff. And, and it was really, I think a concept he has in, he had in mind at the time uh, that was very interesting. And I mean, what I like with those kind of directors is they try things that um, you didn't see before and mm. or, or at least try to do it in a different way. Um, and that's what Emerald has done as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, Promising Young Woman is at, absolutely brilliant film i mean you can see why it's done so well yeah yeah we obviously we're gonna dive so much into that but maybe we could just talk about first what's just happened being oscar nominated being bafta nominated and how that felt for you first and then we can get into your career and then we'll really dive into promising young woman how did that feel that must have been a roller coaster oh that actually it's it's funny because i I'm, i'm using a lot um, emotional roller coaster 
to describe what the movie is, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's exactly what happened to me uh, on that movie. I was completely in an in- emotional roller coaster because of everything that happened. I mean, I was never expecting uh, nominations like this, and uh, it was a fantastic moment and what a pleasure and what a fireworks to finish the experience of on that movie uh, after two years actually because we did it before covid and and everything mm. um and and uh, it was a uh, it's it's funny because that movie started on a very good sign that the, it was very positive very uh, since day one we had a very good time on that movie and it ended like it started, um, mm. uh, and and the uh, the nominations were, I mean, uh, an amazing, an amazing experience, an amazing uh, recognition from the other editors, from the people from the mm. the, the work, Industry, and and, yeah. and and it's and it's huge for me, especially uh, I'm living in 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 Los Angeles for ten years now. Um, I did some choices at the time, and in a way, it's kind of a giving me the, the the approval that I did the good choice 10 years ago and uh, feeling like I'm part of that uh, community of editors here and um, very, very uh, proud of that and very honored of that. Um, but I say here, but the same with the BAFTA. I mean, it's, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it was, it was the first nomination. It was a, yeah. I mean, a very emotional first nomination, I must say. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> And it was, uh, and it same. It, it's great to have been able to uh, cut the outstanding British movie of the year. It's, it's. Uh, I'm very. I mean, it's very exciting. And you should be. You should be ridiculously proud. It was. It was <laughs> you should be right, Lucinda. I mean, you uh, you recently watched yeah, it as no, well. Yeah, and oh. we love it when yeah. People, people, you know, try and be really, really humble about um, obviously being nominated, winning awards. And I think, you know, this is your moment. And yeah, shout it as, as loud and be as <laughs> eager, if you like, as, as, as you can, because it's a wonderful achievement. Uh, it seems like the entire team on that movie uh, were brilliant. I was watching some interviews uh, with the director, but also the DP, uh, the production designer and the... Um, costume and makeup uh team and, and it looked like you were all on such the same page uh i know that emerald had emerald had sent uh the soundtrack that she had wanted some of the team to listen to and and they kept referring to it on these interviews and it was it was wonderful to hear all the different departments and i think what an achievement that you individually have have made on this 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 journey and this movie and well done <laughs> Yay! Thank you. Thank Yay! You. <laughs> we love bigging up people on the filmmakers podcast. We really do. Actually. We really do. Yeah. Um, and actually, myself and Lucinda, because you you probably can't go to the Baftas this year, but myself and Lucinda have been to the Baftas. <laughs> Lucinda, oh, no, this, now. Is a, this is a story. Fred. <laughs> Yeah, this Honestly, is ridiculous. this is a story Honestly. and a half. Yeah, we, we were nominated, say we, we weren't. We were in a show back in the day, years and years ago, that was nominated for a BAFT 
a craft BAFTA. <laughs> and it's our claim to fame. We always talk about it when we have BAFTA uh, nominees on as if we're um, as if we're in any way their league. And I love, love dropping yeah. it in like it as means we're, As if we're in the same gang. Yeah, exactly. We're in the same group. But it was still amazing. We're amazing to be there. But it's nothing compared to yours. No. So, uh, but I do like to have fun. Oh, but it was just uh, it was just on in, in my on my couch at 7.30 a.m. in smoking. So I'm in tuxedo. Yes. So it was kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. It must have been. Yeah. yeah you're sitting in your tux at home and on your couch going, why am I here? I would have loved to be at the Royal Albert Hall in, in oh, UK. Yeah, of course. It would have been that, that feeling. You have to do another one now where you get nominated next year so you can, you know, get invited to the Royal Albert Hall. Yes. Right? Exactly. <laughs> That's the aim. That is the aim. And I'm sure you will as well. The incredible editor. And congratulations. Fingers crossed. When you're in the edit for a film like this, are you editing on a big screen? Are you looking at it that way? How, how does it help you visualise thinking about how this is going to look on a big screen? How do you plan that as an edit, editor, if you like? Uh, first, I think we can only imagine, and that's why it's important to have screenings all along the the process mm. to see it in different ways. And actually um, what you say about the experience of theaters is very important. And, and, and I, I can, uh, I, I can't agree more because a lot of time I'm hearing like, Oh, it's good to go to the theater to see uh, that big action movie or mm-hmm. VFX movie or, but at the end of the day, when you have a very intimate movie, uh, that helps you to connect even more with a movie and to um, and to accept things that you maybe won't accept at home because you will have the phone ringing, because you will have the um, the dog barking, the kids coming, and all mm-hmm. that. And and it's important to to be in that kind of um, not church, but in a way that that kind of uh, cocoon mm. uh, yes, to, nice. to enjoy that moment. Uh, and we do everything we can so you have the best experience, sound-wise, picture-wise. Um, and what I'm doing during the, the process, first I have a setup that uh, I'm not using a uh, HD monitor like you sometimes have. Most of, I don't know if people know, but um, when we are working... Uh, most of the time we have two monitor displays and mm-hmm. one HD monitor. And and I don't like that kind of setup because um, I, I like to be in the picture I'm cutting. So my setup is I have two display monitors in front of me a, a bit lower and I have in the back my main monitor, which is most of the time a 65 inch right. uh, where I've got the sound. I'm working with uh, not only stereo, but uh, I, I like to have three speakers. So I have the dialogue in the middle, like you will have in the theater. Um, okay. And and I'm really focusing on that monitor um, and, and, the, and the sound coming from it. So so I'm, I'm trying to be as involved as possible in, but I've drawn, drawn in, the, in the picture. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm really like, uh, this is the main thing. The the rest is just technical stuff, and I don't want to to see it really. It's it's helpful. It's necessary, but what is important for me is what I'm seeing on screen. Um, and um, and actually, I'm trying to have the director in between me 
and the monitor. So we see, we have the mm -hmm. same experience. We see the same thing. Um, so that's the first thing. And along the way, uh, I'm trying to see the movie in different places. We do screenings. In, in screening, most of the time, the, the, the posters we are working in have a, a, a screening room, which is not a big theater, but at least you can sit on a big screen. You can yeah. feel it differently. Mm -hmm. And another thing that I'm doing that is very important for me is to, I count those days because I with COVID, I'm working from home. But most of the time, I'm trying to take the movie at home and watch it on a, in a different ah, room. A different environment. To, mm. Yes, to, to feel it differently. So it doesn't help for the feeling of seeing it bigger, but it helps to feel it in a different environment where you don't have the, you won't think the same way. You won't yes. have, when I'm in, in the cutting room, I will, I will think, oh, that cut, that music, that level, that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when I'm at home, I don't see it the same way. Uh, so I'm trying to do that regularly. That's really interesting. That just literally happened to me. I'm doing the color correction right now on, on a feature film. And I was watching it in the... It was fantastic because it was the first time I've been really to a cinema since, gosh, over a year, back when I was in LA a year ago. And uh, I've seen it on the big screen. I was in it and I went, look, would it be all right if we went next door to the smaller, you know, little room where it's lighter, it's like this, it's not all dark. And can we watch it there just to make sure it's not too dark for me? Is that all right? And it met, I'd watched it on this much more like a TV screen, like a 50, 60 inch screen or whatever it was. And it made me see it totally differently. And it was a wonderful experience. So I'm so glad you said that because we can get bogged down in just watching something in the same thing, the same room. And it changes your experience when you might even just watch it with someone else or you watch it in a different room. And I, I love that you said that. And it's so important to keep your mind thinking and that you take it home every night. That's incredible. That's really fascinating. So that, that, that's a good thing. Yeah. That's something that I, I do that regularly during the process. So it gives me a kind of distance on, mm -hmm. on, the, on the movie. But the main thing is to come back to the big room, to see it on a big screen, to mm -hmm. experience it with people. One of the things, though, that I found very interesting with that unfortunate time we're in is that... Um, when the movie was released here and very quickly it was on uh, VOD and, and things like that. And in America, you mean? Yes. In America, yes. yes. And, and what was great is to see that a lot of young people were on those, uh, can I say words, but the, the names like Discord, uh, mm -hmm. they were on Discord and yeah. they were like experiencing the movie together. And it was very interesting for me to discover that even if we were all alone in our different places, they were experiencing an exchange on that movie mm. and an exchange that continued after. But it was already great to see it. their reaction during the movie. No. Oh, wow. And you, I had the feeling of what was happening in the in the screening room uh, when we were at the premiere, you know, feeling the same mm. uh, at, in a different way, but at least there was, there was that feeling. So I think it's important to have that exchange. That's it's a movie where that raise questions that raise, raise reactions. And I hope that people can, can have in any mean possible that exchange. 
It evokes sense. the emotions that you want to share as well in, you know, in that situation. Yes, exactly. It's a conversation, a debate and everything, yeah. isn't it? Yes, exactly. Yeah, there's no question it's a, it's a conversation starter. You know, Promising Young mm. Woman is not one you go out where have you watched it at home or hopefully in a cinema that you just go, cool, should we go get pizza? No, 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 this is one where you debate and you discuss this because it does have that feeling it'll rile you up it'll make you feel a certain way but that's great that's what films should be about right you know making people feel something and they certainly agree so much yes yes it and that's so important and that's what i found uh i mean emerald is brilliant at a lot of level but she managed to create that and to have some a movie that makes you feel all the um I don't know if you say that in English, the, the, the spectrum of the emotions. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, so you, you go through all the emotions. You go through um, uh, a lot of thematics that are very important to talk about. And what I loved during the process is that regularly we, we, had, we had a few screenings and people were watching the movie. They had a first reaction. And the next day, or the day after, you received... Mm-hmm. An email saying, oh, I was thinking about this and that. And, oh, it's, it's something that stays. It's not yes. what, I, what I hate is when I'm going out of a movie and I take back my normal life and mm-hmm. it's past. And, yeah, it was good. Yeah, and, uh, and you'll forget no, about it in a week or someone's going to say, and you go, yeah, yeah, what happened? Oh, yeah, that. Whereas this, this there's no way. It's, it lingers with you. How did you feel when you first got the script then for Promising Young Woman? I don't know exactly how they received it, but the, the, the script uh, arrived for my agent, so I don't know if they tried to have it for me, if it came from... I was probably on the list, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's how it, it's happening most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was super lucky to receive that script. Like uh, you were saying, Lucinda, uh, um, uh, with all the, the, the like, like all the uh, head of departments, I received uh, uh, the script, but there was a mood board uh, linked to it. Very clear, very detailed, very precise. Uh, showing the the universe you wanted to visually put on screen mm. and a playlist referring to all the songs that she had in the script. And actually, a lot of them are in the movie at the end. Um, so she had a very clear path already. Um, and and I started the script, and, and this is the kind of script that you can't, you, when you started, you, you can't stop reading it. You have to go until the last page. And and it was very exciting. I remember clearly after that, I, I called my agent. I said, I need to work on that movie. Okay. I, 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 there was something very, very strong with it. And and I had the chance to have a, a meeting with Emerald, which actually, it wasn't really a meeting, I, uh, a job interview. It was a meeting with a person. It was a chat it was a talk and and it was a I, I can't remember what we talked about I just remember how easy it was to talk with her and and uh, I mean at the end of the uh, of the interview uh, she told me that I was in and Amazing. that was the and a, a month later I was uh, starting the cut uh, where they were sh- starting to shoot and I think 
Emerald did something quite amazing is to bring together a, 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 a team that, that was excited by the movie. And I think that you can see that on screen and everybody mm. that put his, uh, his soul in that movie and trying to listen to what she wanted to do and, and how to help her to put that on screen. Mm. Um, and well, that she- was very, very exciting. That that's something that uh, I, I'm using too much exciting with that movie, but because it's true, <laughs> it's really true. Yeah. Every single department was bringing something so important to the story. You talked about the production design. It's wonderful mm-hmm. what they've put together with mm-hmm. the ideas yeah. of of Emerald, the 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 light of of Ben uh, Kraken, the the way they felt very neon and pop and. Um, the, but the air and makeup, how it helps, uh, and, and the costume, how it helps the character of Cassie, mm. and of course the amazing uh, performance of of uh, Carrie Mulligan that mm-hmm. was mm. such a pleasure to cut every day in the cutting room yeah. along along Bo and and all the fantastic cast that was put together. But I mean. Carrie, I, I was, I was, it was, it was a such a delight. No, if I mean, it's, I, I every time I'm, I'm, I'm remembering the the cutting room, um, the dailies arriving in the cutting room, and it was a fantastic feeling of having that character on screen from day one, from the first minute she was acting, it was there, and and it was the same with with Bo, with Alison Brie, with yeah. everybody. It's it's very. It, this, there was something actually very, very strong and positive uh, during the the shoot of that movie, and that stayed along the way. And there's a the the stars were aligned. Really, there's yeah. Um, yeah. There was something very very positive. When you first get a project like this, and you sit there with the rushes, how does it work for you? Do, is someone assembling it for you, or are you getting everything? No, more? no, no. Okay, talk us through your no, no, process no. as editor. For me, it's really important to watch everything, and and the first impression is is I'm working a lot with my guts. I'm working a lot with what I feel, uh, mm. with emotions, um, and and that's what is important for me is to g- filter all the dailies through the um, through the filter of the script, of course, but the filter of the emotions too, and and I don't. I try to not have a preconceived idea of what the sequence needs to be. I try to see what was shot and what is the moment that the magic moment that will be in the movie at the end of the day for sure. And right. and sometimes I see that this one and maybe it's not what you can expect the, the type of shots, the, the type of size you 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 are expecting to to be at that time in the sequence, but it is the moment where it's true, where it's it's there, and you need to have that one. So I sometimes like will build every all the sequence around that moment, even if it's not what you can expect, because it is what is the most. Uh, important emotion wise so um so what i'm doing is i am watching all the dailies um and 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 when i say all the dailies it's every uh 
picture, uh, even when it's not mm. in, in the action stuff. It's before, it's after. In every movies I've cut, there's some pieces that are coming from moments before, from moments after the, the cut, you know, before action, after the cut, because there's those moments sometimes where something is happening and and you want to you want to use those pieces because it's it's important to to uh, they bring something as long as it brings something to the story um that's what is important and so i'm, I'm doing a, a big selection i'm organizing that selection and and from that i'm, I'm working a bit like a it's a funnel and i'm yeah i have all that that amount of footage and slowly and I filter, filter, filter to arrive to a first version. Um, and what is important for me is to try to understand, and that's what is difficult uh, the, the first weeks when you work with a director you've never worked with, is to try to see what they want to tell, where they want to go, how they want to do that. Because there's something that is very important to never forget, is that we are... Um, we are there to help a director to bring his vision on screen. Mm. This is not my vision. This is Emerald's vision in that case. Mm -hmm. And my work is to try to use all my past experience, my costume, my history, my reactions to, to channel the energies uh, to bring the movie together and see how she's reacting to things. Does she like that? Are we going in the good direction? Maybe we don't maybe i'm cutting it in a way she wasn't expecting it and mm. it's not bad on the contrary it's good to trigger reactions yes it's good to see that oh she didn't like that but she liked this and by having her saying oh but if we did that maybe we can do this and so you have a kind of ping pong starting and from a scene that uh uh, add a, a, a first um, a first direction. You go in another one, but at the at, at the end of the day, the the main idea is there, and it's just getting better. So there's it's very that that exchange is very important for me, and um, I, uh, I I love to I love to have the time of the the shoot because on on one hand it's very stressful. Yes. Because you have calls every day, like asking, okay, do we have everything? Can we, can we, uh, uh, change location? If I no, can we, um, uh, undress all the location? Mm -hmm. Um, can yeah. we move on? Can, and, and sometimes it's very stressful, um, especially on a movie like that, that was like shot in 23 days. Uh, mm -hmm. and, wow. and, and with so little prep, I, I think they had, that three weeks of prep. Really? Um, yes. Wow. No, no, it was that it was insane. Me. No, no, no. It's 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 really uh, plus plus the director the 23. that was tw so twenty three shoot three yeah. weeks prep uh, and and Emerald was pregnant. Uh, by, I mean, she was, she was seven, 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 seven and a half months. My gosh! So I mean, it, it's a very it's a really you know it's really something. It's really something. And you're on you're on set that whole. Time from no, the I'm off. No, I'm not on. I'm not on set. I'm close. Uh, You're close by, so in you LA, can. So right. I'm in my okay. cutting room, but every day I receive the dailies. Every day we are yes. looking at, at all yeah. that. But the the great thing is when um, 
when I'm in the process of the the dailies, I can try things. I, I it's a it's a kind of playground for me, um, and yeah. I can I can go. I, I, I sometimes I'm I'm taking risks. What is very important it's it's to to do it when you feel you can go for it, because the shoot and the editing is a very fragile moment for the director and mm. and you need to feel how the can he accept this can he or, or it's not a good moment or and then you start to do something and you keep it for later um same for some cuts of lines or stuff like that I, i'm trying to show for the first cut everything mm. i'm not cutting something but no. i can try to go wide on on music because I like to mm. cut something and I like to tempt music and maybe trying that type of, of uh, score that is not at all appropriate for that moment, but that mm. brings something. And again, it's just to try to trigger uh, reactions. Does that make sense for you? Yeah, totally, Ooh. totally. Sorry, guys, um, Robbie's calling me. Sorry, I had a question for him earlier and I, re- I know he's busy, so I really need him to answer. H- hang tight. Hang tight a sec. Sit there awkwardly while I answer this. Hey, Robbie. Hey, Charles, we're just about to shoot this one-of-a-kind scene before this historic bridge that I'm filming gets gets demolished forever. But I've, I've called you because I knew you wanted to hear back from me. What was it? Yeah, it's really important. Um, you know when okay. you were a kid and you were in preschool or kindergarten and you used to dance to a song that went um, knees bent, arms stretched, rah, rah, rah. Okay, right. Giles, this bridge is going to get demolished very soon. Can need to you... Film it. Can you name it for me? Okay. Hokey Cokey? That's it. Oh, my God. I used to be addicted to the Hokey Cokey. Really? Yeah, but I've turned myself around now. Oh, no. Oh, God, no. (laughs) You know what else has turned around, Robbie? No. What? Bitcoin. Flying it is. It's currently in the bull market, meaning there is a lot of optimism around Bitcoin right now, which is reflected in the price. The price of Bitcoin is up more than 750% in a year. You were doing a joke segue again. Yes. Weren't you? Yes. Uh, And you know, just before you go and shoot the bridge that's probably fallen down, you know a quick and easy way to buy Bitcoin in the UK? Uh... Okay, you're going to tell me, aren't you? Come on. Coin Corner, Robbie. Sign up with Coin Corner now and use the voucher code FILMBTC to get your Bitcoin journey started with some free sats. Link is in the show notes. Uh, cheers for that, Robbie. That's okay. The bridge is now got. We've missed the opportunity. Oh, never mind, Robbie. It was obviously a bridge too far. <laughs> Gotta go. Hey guys, sorry about that. Where were we? Um, so we were talking about um, the shoot period being uh, 23 days and obviously the prep being three weeks, which is, I mean, Giles and I work really, really quickly on uh, a lot of our movies. We work together as producer and director as well and, and producers. And, you know, we try and we think two months is, is tight. I mean, we sometimes do it on four to six, but three weeks is mental. And our shoot time is 18 to 25 days on average, and then our post, probably five to seven months. So I wanted to ask, looking at such the short time frame you had for pre and the shoot, what was the post time frame like for you and the rest of the team? It was kind of kind of normal, actually. They they actually we didn't we didn't rush it. It's good to have the time to go through the process. Um, rushing it 
wouldn't have been good for that movie. And the, that, that was one of the great thing with the, uh, the support of the producers we had is that they never, they've never tried to um, cut on that. And I, I think it's, it, it makes the difference good, because yeah. it's a movie that, that um, the structure was there. It's not, there's no major, you know, structure changes when you take the end of the movie, you put it at the beginning or things like that. It's a, it's a movie that uh, was extremely well written. That is very, there's a balance uh, that you can't completely change because you discover uh, one scene after the other, new characters, new elements of the story. Uh, the, the, the story is, is, is unfolding slowly where in, in those kind of, of move, revenge movies, if we take the revenge side, mm-hmm. you start re- usually by, by a trauma and, and you grab the, 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 the audience at the time and, and you follow the vengeance. In this case, it's completely different. You don't know anything. You just discover that character and you discover scene after scene what she's doing. And mm. slowly you understand what the past story is, what the past story is. Mm. And, and so you can't change the structure drastically because it's, it's, it's like a, um, a castle of uh, cards. Uh, House of cards. House of Cards. House of Cards. And, and, and I love the uh, the show actually. Uh, <laughs> I should remember it. No, yeah, it's it's it's, house, it, it's a House of Cards, mm. and if you remove one, everything is is collapsing. So we we worked on on specific things to uh, make uh, the at the beginning clearer the uh, yeah. the tally marks and what she was doing at night and, and things like that. And along the way, we uh, we did some some adjustments in the structure, but it's not the kind of movie where you change everything. And on the contrary, you have mm. a very tight path and, and you have to find the way to stay in that path, but keeping people involved. And that's how it was very important to have Carrie's performance because she was in a way where uh, North Pole star. She was the one we needed to connect with from mm-hmm. the very beginning and to stay connected yes. with all during all the movie because you were talking about roller coaster and it's an emotional roller coaster. You are you are sitting in a, in a wagon at the beginning and everything is moving mm. and if you don't have that connection it can derail very quickly. But when you are with Ooh. her, you stay, you stay with her and, and you can take every turn and twist that emerald had put in the, uh, in the story. And I think I completely went far off the main question. No, it's, Sorry. it's no, no, it's totally That's fine. fine. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, how did you get started in this? And we'll come back to a promising young woman in a moment, but it's interesting though. You, you're talking about, how, and you've learned, to do that and you've learned to say look that i want to make sure that especially in promising young woman that carrie mulligan's character was we did empathize with her throughout this but you've learned that along the way you've learned how to edit and your first job you know pretty much with on a luke besson movie from what i can tell i'm sure you did lots of other stuff before that but the first sort of credit that i can see for you was a luke besson movie how did you jump into that how did you even you know we want get to get to promising young woman it'd be really interesting to know what your journey was? Uh, actually, I, I had a very 
uh, unusual journey. I'm coming from a little city in, in Brittany uh, with parents in, in the army and, and in, in the Navy. And, and you don't, mm-hmm. I, I didn't have any connection with uh, the, the movie except the experience I had when I was a kid going to the theater and, and having that emotion each time and that feeling of um, what the, the, the movies were bringing me. Mm. Um, so I, I was at one point in a military school. I decided to go in the, in the Navy high school. Um, and I started to meet with guys who were doing their compulsory military service. And they were in the service, the audiovisual service. And I've discovered at that mm-hmm. time all the possibilities that uh, editing was bringing mm-hmm. to a story. And um, how can I say that? When I was uh, very young, I was 11-ish. I was going every summer on a little island in Brittany, uh, spending my, my summer in the in the booth of a theater with the, um, the, the, the owner of the place that, just was doing the projection and I I was spending my summer with him. Like mm, there's wow. a kind of cinema paradiso kind of thing. That's amazing. Yeah. That's the, the fantasy of that and the magic of watching that and someone do that must've been incredible. Oh, it was amazing. And I remember the change of reels and, yeah. and having the, wow, the intermission wow. and it was, and it was a local, very family place. And mm-hmm. there's something in me that needs to connect with that. And I started to, to decide to go that way to, I did a, a small uh, school uh, of, of, uh, of cinema, but we were not, it was not a school of actually cinema. It was, we were more prepared to be like TV uh, editors. And, um, and I was very lucky to meet someone that uh, in the, in that school that made me um, start in commercial after that as an intern. Mm-hmm. And, and I grew up like seeing all those, Big editors like Cutting, like uh, there was a uh, Hervé Schneid uh, from um, Amélie Poulain and mm. all the Genet movies. There, there was a uh, Sylvie Landra who worked with um, um, uh, Luc Besson on uh, the Professional, uh, yeah. the Fifth Element, um, and and watching them cutting commercials and starting to see how it was interesting to um, tell stories and. Um, and one day I was called by uh, Marco Cave, who was a, a commercial editor mostly that um, was cutting Kiss of the Dragon mm-hmm. uh, at Bessons. And yep. he, and, uh, and I came in my first day. I think he never knew, but I've never cut any f- comedian well, he feature didn't know this. before. He didn't know, uh, he didn't know that. Um, <laughs> You're pretending. And, yeah, I know what I'm doing. And, no, it, it's just, he it, it didn't <laughs> ask, so I didn't have to pretend. Um, and, and what was great is that day, I remember how how it was. Uh, I felt in place. Everybody was telling me, "Oh, you will be stressed out, but it will be fine." But that day, I arrived. I had the beautiful um, CinemaScope uh, dailies from um, Thierry Arbogast with uh, uh, Jet Li and Bridget uh, Fonda, and, oh, and and wow. and that was just a fantastic feeling. And that was the beginning of my process of editing and and what was great is to learn and learn and learn all the time and it's been 25 years i'm learning every day and that's what is exciting for me and Mm. and trying to use the um 
um, the elements I can grab here and there uh, from my history, from my culture, from the the different genre I've I've worked on, from the different directors I've I learned tremendous things with uh, Luke in the cutting room. I've learned so much with Pierre Morel about mm-hmm. how to do this type of scenes or that type of scene. I've learned so much with Emerald Fennel when I was doing ADR with her and see her working with actors. And you learn from every movies. Yeah. Oh, wow. What a great journey. Um, District 13, as it's called, certainly in the UK and possibly America, was yep. uh, the first movie I'd seen that you'd cut. And I love that movie. I think it's so cool and fascinating. And, you know, then you, you, that's obviously with Pierre uh, Morel. And then you got to do Taken. Now, did you know that Taken was going to be like the you know at the time like really huge movie did you have any inkling or was it kind of i'm just doing the same job i'm just just hoping to to cut this well i think i think it's it's, it was mostly that it was mostly trying to uh, do the best we could like what we've done before on on the other movies with with uh pierre but it was Mm. mostly uh having the chance of working with amazing actors like Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I, it's, it's funny because I had exactly the same feeling when I worked with Mark Rylance or, or Carrie Mulligan. It's yeah. like you have in UK the most impressive actors in the world we've managed to get away with this somehow i know we have i totally agree but as i feel every country has because we're british we kind of go no but I, we I, I, love of course, this of course. makes us feel great yeah we do we just go yes we do <laughs> no no yeah i i mean uh I, I i had a chance to work with um actors from all over the world but the thing is and and i love working with american actors australian actors um the mm. the thing is what i love with um Liam, for example, is that he was so precise in every take. And it's like Carrie mm. was just adjusting from take to take. It was really amazing. But so we, we had that chance. It was exciting. We were cutting that. And um, when we at the movie, we had the feeling that, yes, there's something that is working. And it, it was a great feeling. I wouldn't have imagined that it would be such a big success, mm-hmm. especially in US. And mm-hmm. I was in France at the time and I didn't see, I've heard that it was doing well, but it, it was far and I didn't know. But it, it, it was, and since I arrived in US, I have had such um, re. In, in incredible reactions like one of the first time i was in in uh, i was in toronto it was just a year after that um and i was uh, cutting a a, 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 a small in, uh, indie movies very nice movie um that was a co-production and and we were at uh, the lab and they they invited us for dinner yeah. and we go in that restaurant at 5.30, 5.30, it's way too early, whatever. And suddenly, and we're talking, blah, blah, blah. And then there's me, oh, and what did you do recently? Oh, last year I, I cut that movie um, uh, called um, Taken. I don't know if you've seen it. And, 
and all the table froze. <laughs> the heads turned to me, and you worked on Taken? I was like, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. What did you do on it? Uh, I've done the cut. What the, edit- the editing? Did yeah. I? And they were just, that's amazing. And that's such a good movie. And I was like so surprised because we've never had that in, in, in friends that big. And, and it's, uh, it's, it, it helped me tremendously to, to have Boaz Yakin calling me for safe. For safe. Um, yeah. 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 And your career from was, that. Yeah. It was, it just kept going, but that's fascinating, isn't it? How you were just working, you were going, yeah, it's a great movie. Really happy with it. But then for it to blow up as it did and take Liam Neeson at the time to become one of the biggest action stars around with a spawn of sequels. Incredible. And then, then you also worked on Sinister as well with, you know, Jason Blum. What's the difference, I suppose, to cutting the difference between an action, you know, like safe or like taken and then a horror like Sinister and then promising young woman. Is there a difference for you? Are you thinking about that when you're in the cutting room? No. The the tone. No. Okay. No. No and no. The process is the same. Mm. It's exactly the same. And that's something that I'm uh, saying um, the more I can um, is that when you cut a scene, you cut a scene. You... uh, have this, you, you have stakes to, de- to deal with, you have finding the best performance, being on the good angles at the good moment, and telling a story. Whatever it is, it can be horror, it can be action, it can be drama, it can be um, comedy. Mm-hmm. It's the same. What is important is to try to tell the story the best way possible. And again, convey the vision of the director that's what is important what does he what what is important in the story at that point and um and and with action uh, for example I, I started with action but i was not an action person um i was not watching specially action movies but sure. i was just telling the story that i was uh that i that, that was, was in front of you yeah, yeah exactly and and mm. that's I think something that is very important is to um, to not forget that. And and I remember I have a very good friend um, who who is uh, who was at the time um, more of a indie movie editor. And she, one day she had that movie where there was a uh, there was some action, and uh, and she was like very stressed out because she had never cut action. And she and I told her do it exactly like you are cutting. A dialogue scene and she looked at me like are you crazy and i, I told her, no no do exactly the same and and try to to leave the the action scene the way you would leave the dialogue scene and 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 she got it and she did a beautiful action scene uh mm-hmm. and she's doing more and more um it's just it's it's important to to feel connected with the material to listen to the movie, to see what the movie tells you, whatever the movie is. Um, and, and that's something that is crucial for me. Um, it's to, we are kind of uh, midwives as editor. <laughs> you need, you need to yeah. listen to, to the movie. We are there for nine months to help the director to, to give birth to that movie. And, mm. and I'm, I'm very connected with them. I'm, I'm doing the premiere at Sundance. I was sick. I was 
feeling sick. I was so really? anxious to see how the movie, the reaction would be. It's my, it, it, it's part of me. I put mm. a lot of me in, in the movie. So, so I think it's important to, um, to listen to the movie, to listen to the director, to see where they want to go. And a movie, if it doesn't like what you're doing, it rejects it. And you can feel it's organic. There's an organic connection with the movie and it tells you where you need to go. And I think we, we, we have to, to listen to it, whatever action or, or, or whatever type of movie it is. And it's, it's, it's very important for me to, and I've never wanted to be uh, locked in with one label on my, on my forehead. Mm. Um, I'm trying all the time to do different things because that's, how you are learning that's uh, i've done only one movie or horror movie um which yeah, is sinister, sinister. I did yeah. just just one but but it's great to be able to uh, take from that and and use it in different movies in different sequences even if it's not linked but the way you deal with the time for example i learned with scott to stay on the on long shot, even if nothing is happening, because you create an expectation and you make it deflate and boom, you have the surprise. And, and that you can use in any kind of movies. Um, it's just storytelling is element. And, and I think it's very important to not forget that. And, and yeah, it's just let's be, let's be open to every type of movies. Are you able to put the film down and, and let the movie go when it hits a deadline. The producers, the execs have said, look, this movie needs to be finished. Are, are you okay to let it go or are you an artist that goes back and goes, mm, what about that? Or is there a day where you go, I'm done. Uh, I'm, okay. yeah. I'm at peace with my work. <laughs> I think it's something that... Something that I've heard here that <laughs> makes me laugh, but is is kind of real. This, they, they, I've heard an, an editor saying here that they don't. We are not done with a movie. They they take it out of our hand, of our hands. So we, I think, we are never done with a movie. Um, there's always, fun. yes, at one point we are, but it takes time. Uh, and I'm never happy. I'm never, there's always something that bugs me and an ADR line that I, I hear a, 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 a VFX that bugs me. A, there's always something in the story that I, maybe we could do this different, but at one point you need to stop. And that's in, mm. and, and I remember actually it was in the UK. I was in London mixing a movie and we were with, with a brilliant, um, um, sound uh, mixer and each time we were recording a reel it was like uh, okay so we are recording for eternity right. for eternity and <laughs> yeah. it was yes it's when it's done it's done and that's in a way what i don't like with the shoot and what i love with editing is to arrive to that point of we lock it for sure, it takes mm -hmm. a while and you can work and work and rework and adjust and readjust and try something different. A shoot is a bulldozer that is going, it starts at the beginning of the day and just stops at the end of the day. 
you don't have a chance to pause, redo, no, it goes and editing is not like that. Editing is you stop and go, you go back you, and, and, and it's back and forth. And, and that's mm-hmm. what is exciting. You, you can, if you, you can cut a movie forever. And mm-hmm. that's what actually uh, Orson Welles was like that. Yes, was with his like, last film, he never, he never yes. came out because he was cutting it forever mm-hmm. and kept yeah. redoing it. Yeah, yeah. But that's... Yeah, I love no, the bulldozer analysis. I'm going to use that. I'm going to quote you, Frederick, if that's all right, on set. Yeah. Uh, Today's a bulldozer. The bu- bulldozer that, that's, that's, that, Pierre, Pierre told me that one day because I, I was not... You know, I... I Sometimes <laughs> there's an incomprehension between post and, and shoot because we aren't, it's, it's like we are on, on, in, in two different dimensions. Mm. We don't have the same ways of dealing with things. And sometimes it creates some, uh, yeah, mm. incom- incomprehension, tensions sometimes yes, even. Yeah. And, and, and I was asking, but why you don't do that? He tells me, but he, tell, he told me, but the thing is, you start and you can't stop it. Mm-hmm. You never can and, and, until the end of the day. And when it's done, it's done. So the way of thinking is different. And, uh, and that's why I'm an editor, uh, I think, mostly because I can do and redo and re-redo all the time. What would um, help you as an editor from a director standpoint, like a director coming to you and also a producer coming to you, it could be any part of the process here that maybe you could give some advice on that, that you would help an editor that sometimes you go, I wish they'd thought of that. I wish they'd told me that oh, to help editors so that basically we can help our directors and producers listening uh, to, to help improve speaking to editors. I think it's good to have the, the editors involved earlier to to give a different take on a script, mm. to be involved in the process. The numbers of times where you can tell that there's an idea that will probably be uh, not able to end up in the movie because there's some structural issues and... And, and you can't bring it up because nobody asks you. Mm. And I think it's important to have that talk before. The editor has his place in the pre-production, uh, but not only story-wise, but even technically-wise, because all what is happening um, on set will have an impact, a huge impact on post. Uh, and sometimes doing that economy on set of, I don't know, uh, $100 can mm-hmm. be a tsunami of money after that mm-hmm. in post. Yes. Because you are stuck. Yeah. Uh, where now we have amazing tools. You can shoot like that shot. I'm not sure about it. Let's shoot it 4K. Just doing that. Just by doing that, you can zoom it a lot and you can save a lot for the for the for the editing because you give more options on a place where it might be a bit tricky um th- there's a lot of things where you can i think an editor can can bring some expertise and um again for me the movie is an organic element so 
you need to let it leave and it needs mm. to do his own mistakes too. Communication triggers things and having the editor involved can trigger some questions and raise some questions and trigger some solutions ahead that you wouldn't have um, and you would have to fix it in post, the famous one. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I think it's very important to, to, to have that communication and to, to take the editor out of the cutting room and, and involve him in, in, the, in the prep and having him for sure in table reads, uh, for sure in mm. um, all the, uh, the, the, you know, having that kind of big meeting with all the head of departments that mm-hmm. is more and more disappears because the, the, the prep is shrinking so mm. drastically. That's fascinating. And I totally agree with that. I love having editors come on as early as possible, but it's just some, it's just either something we don't think about as much or you go, well, it's fine. It's their time or we might have to pay them more and all that. And it ekes into the budget when people go, well, I'd rather put that budget somewhere else, but it's very little money considering what it saves you in the long run. So I love that. And I love to have an editor in the rehearsal room or whatever. Why not? I can already see how you're going to do it. And you go, okay, well, look, make sure you get that shot then and make sure you get a, a hand reaction here. Whatever it is, you might see that really early on. And, and, and even I think it's, imp- it's important to, uh, for example, if it's a, it's a heavy, dialogues, heavy dialogue movie, it, mm-hmm. it can be good for uh, the editor to have the, the feel of the flow, to have the feel mm. of how the movie will be, where the director wants to be, to hear. One day, I would love to have... A, a wired mic that mm. I would be the only one to listen of the notes of the directors between takes because yeah. Yeah. it would give me some direction on mm. what was in his mind at, or her mind at that point. Mm. What was the idea between that change? What is sometimes you have things happening and you don't know, was it coming from the director, yes. the actor? Was it coming mm. by mistake? By do you know what I mean? I do it's totally, just, mm. and, and it would be fantastic. Well, actually, interestingly, on on the dare, I didn't cut some of the time, and I'd go in and give a note because there were so important heavy scenes. I didn't want everyone rushing in and doing makeup and blood and all that kind of stuff, and the actor was in the moment, so I'd rush in and give notes. And actually, at that point, was Ollie, our editor, said that I knew what you wanted. Then I knew why you went in for another take because I could hear you saying it to the actor. Yes, so I I totally agree, and that was just by mistake because I kept the take running. But imagine if you could hear all that. You could hear what the director was saying, the actor was saying, and why he wanted a certain or she wanted a certain different version. And then you go, that connects now. I'll take that take or I'll take that reason. It's great. Uh, it's but, not a bad idea. But, no, and, but it is because you can have some stuff that of could course. be terrible to hear. But no, it's mostly to... It, what, what, editor keeps what, what is, is him, <laughs> the editor can hear you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't spoken too much about your interaction with the uh, the producers or even the executive producer one of them margot robbie during the um post-production stage um did they get involved much or was it just yourself and emerald and the post team they were very supportive and they, they helped us to make the movie um go in the good direction uh, but but keeping always in mind that it was Emerald's movie and they were not fighting against that. Mm-hmm. So it was more finding, finding some solutions to make things um, happen. So, for example, the, the, the brilliant idea to have uh, um, um, Sue Jacobs uh, involved in the process 
to find a way to have the great songs in the movie and finding a way to have a lot of the songs that Emerald wanted to to have in the movie that were crucial for for the story that you can't have that movie without um without the the toxic the Paris Hilton the mm. Uh, mm. the The, mm. the Wagner cue, you, you, the, I think all those songs were and, and musics were extremely important uh, for for the story. So it was uh, great to have Sue involved, so she could find some solutions to how, with that small budget, can we have those uh, songs? And 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 that that's that's where the the producers were really helpful to find solutions and and it's it's great i mean we were yeah it was great to to have them and we were very um uh, i think the movie that is on screen is is very close to to what emerald wanted to have which is incredible uh and promising young woman is fantastic it is on sky movies now uh do go see it your work on it fred is just brilliant you know the, the way you balance genre and tone and the differences between when it's sort of going much darker and then it's lighter and you just go on this like it's a roller coaster as we discussed right at the beginning and honestly you've done an incredible job and you thoroughly deserve your oscar nomination and your bafta one as well but we've all had a bafta so you know it's not as big as the uh <laughs> <laughs> you big oh, time so over there, Giles Alderson. I I, I'm not meaning that, by the way. Uh, it is incredible. Honestly, well done. Um, this has been brilliant. This has been so good to talk to you. Honestly, it's been it's been great. really great. Thank you very much for your time Pleasure. and your Sunday. Sorry, no problem at all. We love it. We love it. Can, is there anywhere people can follow you? Are you on the social medias at all? On Twitter, on Insta, that people can say well done. I, I have an I have a an, an, an Instagram that is um, very very uh, small. Uh, there's not a lot on it, which is uh, Fred Thor and the four letters of my first name and last name. Fred Thor. All right. And you can follow the podcast at Filmmakers Pod. You can follow me at Giles Alderson Lucinda. You can follow me at Pickperf Movies and at Lucinda R Thakra. Uh, sit there uncomfortably while I wrap this up. Um, you can go out there and make your indie film. You can go out there and make an Oscar-winning film such as Promising Young Woman. You really can believe in your project, believe in yourself, and go for it. And if you're lucky enough to rise up and do well, just as Frederick has done, it is your duty to send the elevator back down. We will see you next Tuesday, as always. Fred, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, buddy. Thank you so much to you. Now I will follow you for sure. Amazing. Thanks, everyone. Take care, and we will see you next Tuesday. Thanks, Fred. Speak to you very soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.